0: everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 58. All right, so here's here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do, because you guys already know what the fuck I'm gonna say, so I'm gonna start off with this. This is what I read on Twitter, and some one of the other many things that resonates with me when it comes to my lack of commitment to let go of Boston Bay, and I just always come to these realizations, but when it comes time to put it into effect, I'm just like, oh, oh, I can't do that. You know, it's, it all sounds good in, in my head, in theory, and in conversations with family, with friends, and it sounds smart, right? Like, I think with my head. has the intellectual that I am, I use my brain a lot. Like, I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly thinking about, all the reasons why I do not need to be, nor should I be, in this situation with Boston Bay, and yet I still find myself in this situation with Boston Bay. So I'm gonna start us off with this tweet that I literally just read, and I'm like, you know, let me just go ahead and start recording this episode because this is this is so simple yet we make it, I make it difficult. So this tweet reads, when Lauren Hill said it could all be so simple, she wasn't lying. Reciprocity between two people who want something to work is so simple, it's as easy as breathing. And it's like, dude, like, all, like, all of these things are so obvious, yet me and so many other women, we find ourselves in situations that where we're pulling teeth, where we're, we're pushing doors to make it work, where we're moving mountains, and it's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard, right? When you like someone, when someone likes you, if there's mutual feelings, if there's mutual respect, um, mutual love, and the key word here is mutual. When both people are in it and it's not a, a one-sided thing, then it should be. It could be, and it will be simple. There, there isn't a, a convincing factor that should be had. There isn't a a, a persu- I shouldn't have to lure you into being with me, um, commitment-wise. I shouldn't have to lure you into uh, just being in my presence. Uh, no, it, sh- it really could be all so simple. And Lauryn Hill said it very early on. And when she said it, and when I was singing those songs and singing that lyric, I was singing along. And I was younger then. And I am I I feel like at this age of 28, and I'm going to give myself credit, but I'm also going to hold myself accountable. And I think holding ourselves accountable makes it uh, maybe a little painful for us to recognize that, we are shortchanging, and I'm saying we because I'm trying to make it. It's not just me, right? It's not just me. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I know I'm not alone, okay? So, look, I'm saying all this to say, I know last episode, okay? And happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrated. it. Um, but the episode previous, I, I was, you know, just kind of going in about, Another argument, disagreement, misunderstanding, miscommunication between me and Boston Bay and another one that which that left me feeling like okay i'm done this is it this is another reason why i'm done this is out like i'm ugh, this is i'm over it there's no reason for me to be here there's no there's no i don't lose anything from ending this with him this is not uh, a deal that i benefit from i need to let this go and i'm letting it go and i'm totally fine with it. And we had like this kind of finale yet again um conversation or text exchange and i'm like in my high horse feeling like, okay, this this is this could be the one that's really it. This could be it. And I realized the issue is as much as I know he's toxic for me and just period. But as much as this has been a toxic, and yes, we had fun. Yes, we do have our good times. Um <laughs> so real quick, this is meme. And I retweeted it, reposted it on Instagram stories of uh, Future saying, Oh, I, I was, <laughs> I can't even say it. I was toxic, but we have fun, right? But you have fun, right? <laughs> and I said it in, to- in Future's voice. And I'm just like, Damn, Sierra. <laughs> How'd you let him go? No, but I mean, obviously, that's an extreme case, but I think it's so difficult. And not just I think, it is so difficult to let go of someone who is just purely trash for you. Like, there is no um, easy way out. No matter how logical you sound about why I should let him go or no matter how, like, intellectually sound your reasons are it is still very difficult because when it comes to the matters of the heart and yes I do have a heart (laughs) when it comes to those matter um it becomes a, a very stressful and very um it's very hard to detach myself from it and I, I'm just like, really, I'm accepting that into my life. I'm And I'm not saying I'm accepting it like, okay, just, we're just going to always be in our, each other's lives and that's it. All I'm saying is I'm recognizing that although I know this nigga is toxic and I know what we have is not fruitful, it's still difficult to let him go. And anyway, so I say that to say, coming from the heels of the last episode saying, okay, we had another finale type of text exchange and it's over, it was, like, that week or the few days after that moment, um, uh, I was getting ready to go home for Thanksgiving break. I had a week off, and I was excited because last year when I – uh, moved to Houston. I did not go home for Thanksgiving. I just realized, I just thought to myself, you know what? Um, Christmas break, a winter break will be longer. So let me just go home for then. Anyway, I decided to go for th- home for Thanksgiving and he knew that like prior to us having the finale talk, he knew, uh, when I was going to come to Thanksgiving. Um, he knew, because we already talked about it. And so, and he also kind of looks on my, like, he kind of stalks me on Instagram. Like, this, anyway, yeah. So, he is already aware of that. And so, even after this finale exchange, (laughs) he would kind of creep up on my Instagram stories, and I would see him viewing it, has another viewer, and I don't, like, engage. Like, I'm, okay, we're good, we're good, like, whatever. We had this talk, we had this talk. I, I don't engage, but he he does. He finds a way to still show up. And I think it's so easy to say, oh, well, just block him. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I want him to see it. Anyway, but I don't do it to like spite him. I just like, whatever you want to look, go ahead and look. This is an open page. You follow willingly. And this is what you see. Um, but I don't follow him. That's a part of my self-care. So, Uh, Time comes to get on this plane and head to Boston. So what I tell y'all, as soon as I buckle my ass into my airport seat, okay, I sat in the aisle. I'm buckling myself, and there's still some Wi-Fi, and I realized that with American Airlines, which is the flight that I was on, the airport that I was on, airplane, um, I... (laughs) <laughs> I get Wi-Fi or there's some type of connection that I still maintain when I'm still up in the air or even when I'm, like, about to take take off. And um, so <laughs> it just kind of worked out for him to text me, and he did. He texted me and was just like, mind you, the last thing he said to me was what? Y'all remember I said, he said, I'm never gonna hit you up again. Best believe or trust. I, I would never reach out. It's by Max. Like just kind of this whole huff and puff type of type of goodbye and slammed the door. Like totally white girl fanatic from Lifetime movie type of goodbye. And it's like, okay, nigga, okay, you said it. You said it before. And here, here's another living testament of him just doing what I knew he would do. And expecting this, so he texted me, talking about, "Hey Max, honorable he'll he'll like pepper in his his pet names for me." And he went on to say, "Are you really gonna? Are you still gonna be mean to me, or am I really not gonna see you uh, while you're at home?" And so I'm reading it as soon as I like, as soon as I got a notification for a text message. I knew it was, like, I knew it was him. I just knew, I just, my visceral reaction was like, yo, it's this nigga, it is this nigga. So I looked down on my phone, and guess who it was? This nigga, okay? So I look at I look at my phone, I read it, and I'm just like, oh, rolling my eyes so hard. And then before I text him back, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna draft out what I'm going to say. And I'm paraphrasing it, but pretty much what I said was, Um, in order, like, we cannot keep on doing this if you don't change your ways. Now, I know I have my own flaws, and I accept that, you know, and and when I said that, I mean, maybe I can be overreactive sometimes, or maybe I can be a little too sensitive um, but that doesn't mean all the time, of course. But my point was, I have my own flaws, has do everyone else, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm not um, flawed. So I wanted to come off initially as a humble servant of God. Who's <laughs> fucking? No, I w- I really wanted to come off humble. And so that's always my strategy. Like, okay, let me come off humble and then let me hit you with the one and two, nigga. What's up? So then I went on to say, um, but you failed to recognize your flaws and to hold yourself accountable. And you failed to understand my perspective. And that's what I will, and I will not tolerate you being disrespectful to me when I speak up for myself. And yeah, so I just kind of ended it off like that. His, he quickly responded and was just like, um, You're right. That's a valid point. I, I'll do better. I promise I'll do better. Like, and I read it, and maybe it's in my head, but I read it in a tone like, Okay, like, I, I, I and I just, I think with him, I just want him, I just want to believe that he wants to be better for me. And when I read that response, I'm just thinking, oh, okay. Like, it felt like there was this urgency to to like make things right and to make it better and to just, all right, let's just start over. And, and I, I recognize my flaw. Like, it felt like he wanted to, in that moment, be that better person. And he was, some, he was being humble in that moment for saying for, like, recognizing that he can be uh, problematic sometimes. So that's how I read it. Literally, in those few words, I read what I wanted to hear in my own tone. And (laughs) maybe that could be my fault, and maybe he didn't mean it like that. But regardless, I come to find out that – I'm not saying it's just all in my head, but I come to find out that sometimes when we want better from someone – they could do better for that moment, but they're not committed to being better. And then sometimes we just, we can't have all these expectations for people. And it's like, that's just not who they are. Like, he's not an affectionate person like that, you know? And when he is affectionate, it's like, whoa, like w- literally a blue moon will appear. And it's like, oh, this thing's affectionate. Okay. Okay. And by affectionate I mean I want not just in like when we're doing the do, I want us to I want him to show affection when when we're walking down the street. I want him to hold the small of my back. I want him to hold my hand. I want him to look me in my eye and and smile with his eyes, like, I want that type of affection as well. Like, I don't want the affection that's only solely attached to sexual ties. I want affection that shows me emotional affection. And, yes, he's emotionally vulnerable with me. Like, he definitely opens up and talks a lot about his shit. And it's like, yes, I'm here to listen. But I also want to feel that physical affection, that safeness, that – like, I felt with other men before. Like, I felt that type of affection that I'm describing with the dude who I was talking about last last episode. The, my weekend nigga. Nigga, I... We just knew each other for, for that day and a half. He was the right amount of affection for me. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could just, like take these random niggas who I've encountered and put them in a jar and somehow manifest my nigga. Like, where's that jar? Like, I really, there's so many other men... (laughs) So, so many, maybe I am. No, but there's so many men who I've encountered, not just like, oh, I want to take a little piece from you. I want to take a piece from you. I want to take your humor, and I want to take your affection, and I want to take your good looks, and I want to take your intelligence, and I want to just put it into this little bottle, and then you are my man. Now, let's figure out your name and your background and all that, your skin color. Like, Let's put that all together afterwards but I want those characteristics in my one person like right anyway so I say all that to say there's these so many characteristics that I would like from Boston Bay that I can't get from him and when I do get maybe some of the things that I want it's only for a moment and I'm realizing that I'm wanting someone else (laughs) like I'm wanting a whole new nigga like, how can I expect Boston Bay to be this affectionate, to be this consistent, to be this funny and humorous and easygoing type of nigga when that's not naturally who he is? Like, I'm telling him to change everything about him so you could be the right person for me. No, let me just get a new person. Like. Anyway, so this is all obvious logic that I know I have. Like I'm not dumb. It's just when the heart gets into the matter, it's like, oh fuck, I'm so sick of this shit. Like I wish sometimes, like as much as I can be cold, I wish I could cut him off like like that easily. Anyway, uh, this is all part of the all part of the journey. Okay, there's still more to say about this entire break and how. We came to rekindle. So anyway, I said that to him. He responded that way. It showed me that he he seemed to be humble and seemed to be in just in in agreement. Okay. Um. So I'm thinking right. Or what seems to be said is that we will spend time together. We have. I have this whole week week and a day, uh, home in Boston. Where he lives, obviously. And this is great opportunity for us to really spend time together, right? Let's spend that time. You know that time that you want us to spend? Let's do that together now that I'm here. So let me give y'all the context. I arrived to Boston Friday night right after work. Okay? Friday night. Um, I leave. I'm scheduled to leave next Sunday, okay, so I have, I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then that Sunday, I leave to return to Houston, okay, so I ended up actually, anyway, I'll bring y'all along the journey, so that's, that's the schedule, I've made that clear, it, whatever, right, so what's the plan, When and how and where are we going to spend time together? Because this is great opportunity. It's not like I'm here for a day and a half or just a long weekend. No, no, no. I'm here for X amount of days. And (sighs) I'm trying to pace it, okay? Anyway, Friday, uh, we we have that Texas change. I am home, at home with my parents for that night, and he, I guess he, not wanted, but it seemed like he was trying to figure out if I'm going to be at home with my parents or if, like, I wanted to come over to his place for the night. And I've done that before, but it's like, sir, my parents are already in the wherewithal to know that I'm here, and I'm not just going to not be here to spend time with you when we just kind of rekindle, and that doesn't, no, I'm not doing that. Especially when they already know that I'm here. That's just I'm not doing that. I have Haitian parents. Remember, so I'm not doing that. So Saturday, the next day arrives. Uh, my period is in full effect. Actually, Friday night it came in full of fr- Friday. It came into full effect, and I'm cramping. He's aware of this. He which I see and see now is st- is a generous act, but he is gracious enough as well to offer to bring me some food, bring me anything for my cramps. And so that's what he did. He came over. My parents was not home. This is FYI, in case you guys were wondering. Did he meet your parents? No. <laughs> the answer is no. He did not. Okay. And that's it. So... <laughs> that's it so he comes over with what I asked him to get for me okay I invite him inside we fucked I'm getting no we didn't <laughs> no but he did come over and I'm like you know what let me show you a around this house this is my home this is my dining room this is my kitchen this is you know I'm just like walking like show him me here in Boston so cool We embrace, we kiss, and this is another thing about him. And I said this before; he's not the affectionate person. And affection also encompasses his lack of kissing ability. If that's even the great way to describe it, but he doesn't kiss well, like. When it's like, I don't know. I feel like his lips are either dry or he's just like not present within this moment of sensuality. And so I'm excited to see. I'm embracing him. My arms are around him, around his neck. And reaching in for a kiss. And he kisses me, but it's like, what? What's this? <laughs> Is this a kiss? Like, uh, and my weekend nigga from the previous episode... Great kisser. Many other niggas in my life from the past, great kissers. Like, sir, I need you to moisturize. I need you to move your lips. I need you to enunciate your words, and I I want you to move that tongue. Please, please do it correctly. Anyway, so... It was just like, okay, not really getting me off. I mean, obviously, don't get me off. I'm here at my parents' home, at my home home. Um, But, sir, kiss me. Like, this is weird. Anyway, so we embraced, we chit-chat, kiki-kiki, done. So we couldn't hang out that night because from what he said, he, he has his son that night, and his son's, uh, like he also has his uh godson. And so that night wasn't an available night for us to spend time together, go out or whatever. So I'm like, okay, fine. You know what? Let me I, I have so many days, you know, remaining here in here in Boston. There's going to be so many more opportunities for us to spend time together, right? Um okay. So Sunday comes because on Saturday he did allude to Us, And mind you, the fact that I have to say allude is the problem here, but that's what it is. So, he did allude to us spending time together on Sunday. Sunday arrives, and I'm trying not to be extra. Like, I feel like at this point, nigga, you should be the one wanting and pursuing me, and seeing what, am am I free right now? Like, you should be the one planning this and figuring it out for us to spend time together because you was the one on my line requesting for me to not be mean and requesting for me to show just some acceptance for who you are and bring you back into my life and all these things. And it's like, but where's that urgency that you had initially? Because Sunday came, the day that he alluded for us to hang out, he ended up having a migraine so heavy, was sleeping throughout the day. And he does do that because I've said this before. He smokes weed. And so when he smokes, he gets a little sleepy, okay? And there's that's another issue I have with him. And it's like that's so in, ingrained into who he is that I really just need a whole new nigga for me to expect for him to kick this habit like it's the girl okay anyway so I say that to say that's that's who he is okay so he had this migraine was asleep throughout the day hit me up like when it's later on on Sunday um just we didn't obviously we didn't hang and spending time together next day came Um, another excuse, another reason, and this had to do with his son. His son has this basketball tournament, this basketball league, this basketball show, this basketball gown, this basketball prom. Nigga, what the fuck? How much basketball can you do in a day? Like, what? What? I'm so sick of this basketball, like, and it's not even the fact that I'm annoyed with his son. Like, that's obviously dumb, right? I'm not annoyed with his son. I'm not annoyed with his responsibilities because he does have responsibilities. He does have all of these, all of these, just arms that he have to reach out and and complete for within his day, and I get that, has a father, has a coach, has um, the patriarch of his family, all these things, and I get that, that's totally fine, but what I also get is that you make time, right, you have control of your time, you have the authority of your day, you have the authority of your time, and whom you spend it with, and it doesn't make any sense to me that When I tell y'all we didn't spend time together at all that whole week and a day that I was in Boston, y'all, I'm not lying, okay? The only time I saw him was one time through FaceTime, and that first time when he—and that only time when he came over and dropped me off some food, that was it. We did not spend time at all together throughout the week. There was no— time spent, and I did, and I shouldn't even have to, but I did um, put myself out there and say, hey, I would love to see you, uh, you know, what? when are you, f- like, when can we spend time to, like, when can we hang out, what's going on, and his thing was, oh, well, I have my son, uh, he has his basketball thing, and he has this and that, and it's like, he's saying all of these problems and not stating a solution. So I'm annoyed. And so it's like now, and mind you, Thursday is Thanksgiving, and that's like a block out day. Like, okay, we're not going to spend time together on Thanksgiving because that's family time. And I just feel like, okay, yeah, I get that. But I also think, yes, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend officially. We're not, but we spend time together, like, we've known each other for three years now. And I just think it's disrespectful when when it's a holiday, and yes, you spend time with that, with family, I just feel like there should be some type of time spent with me. Like, okay, yeah, we're not officially together, but so? Like, (laughs) I'm not saying I should be coming over your place or whatever it is, but I just think when people block that time out and don't include the person they're consistently lately seeing, it just makes me feel like a slap in the face, like, all right, like yeah, and then tomorrow's Thanksgiving. He he kind of just said it like, obviously I'm not gonna spend time with you. Like he didn't say that, but it just felt that way when he just said those words. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so I'm just like, Ugh, all right. So that's that that was Wednesday. He said that about Thursday because at that point I asked him, so do you have any intention of hanging out with me before I leave? Cause Saturday's my last full day here in Boston, and so he said yes. And I'm like, okay, when? Like, literally, that—that that is a text exchange. Like, yes. Like, how is yes the complete sentence here? What? So I'm like, okay, nigga, when? Nigga, when? So then he finally says, he says Friday. I'm like, okay. So what's the plan? Like, you're just assuming that Friday's a good day for me, even though it's, it is. But the point is, you can't just assume that. You got to plan it out. So his thing is, oh, I'm not good at planning. Um, my son has his basketball registration <laughs> Nigga, basketball every day! <laughs> Literally, I'm not making this up. His son has his basketball registration thing that he had to do. It is like, huh? Again? Okay. Uh, okay, got it. So, what the fuck? So- I'm just like, okay, so he's like, yeah, it'll be towards the evening time. Like, still not giving me a set plan, but it seemed like, okay, Friday could be the day. So I'm hopeful for Friday. Girl, Friday comes. Friday fucking comes. I finally get a text from him. He's like, hey, I'm at the hospital with my family. My grandmother died. Now, it's not a farce. It's not a farce because he has been talking to me. Um, he has, he mentioned to me days prior during that week that his grandmother is ill and she is at the hospital. Um, but th- that, that's just what it was. It, it didn't seem like she was, uh, like to the brink of death, but you know, things happen and no matter how good someone may look one day, they, it could be their last. And that's just, unfortunately, just how, you know, life is. So he sent me that text. And I know I'm going to sound super insensitive and a bitch, but when I read those words, hey, I'm at the hospital with my family, and he said my grandmother died, all I thought, and maybe not all I thought, but 90% of my thoughts was like, fuck, so we're not going to hang out today. (laughs) So we're not going to hang. Okay, so that means a no for tonight. That means a no. Okay, so when, okay, got it. Just want to make sure. That's literally, the, the those were the feelings that I was feeling in that moment. And yes, that's selfish. But please understand, it's been six days now. We haven't spent time together. I've been waiting for us to spend time together. I've been hoping and, and looking forward to us spending time together. Just for us to finally come to the more promising day of Friday, when we would spend time together, and boom, I'm hit with another reason why we can't spend time together. Now, I obviously would be, not sympathetic, but yes, sympathetic, yes. But I obviously wouldn't be selfish in my feelings if we spent adequate amount of time together previous. Like, if we've already spent two or three days together Um, that was full, that was full of quality time, then I wouldn't be pissed off and somewhat annoyed that, great, this is yet another reason why he can't see me or he can't commit to spending time with me. And it's like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, I'm so over this shit. And Okay, RIP, yes, RIP, got it. Um. So, sir, you know, tomorrow, the, the Saturday that I said was my last full day. Yes, that's ne- that's still my last full day. Are we going, like, what's going on? Okay? And so uh, it was obvious in that moment that we wasn't going to spend time together that day. We're texting, like, he's texting me. And I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh if I if you need me to do anything, I'm here. Heart emoji. Like I'm I'm obviously present and emotionally sensitive to to the situation cuz that's, you know, that's unfortunate. I get it. Um, but oh, gosh. And I said this before. <laughs> With my my uh old nigga, the nigga who was supposed to take me out, the nigga who was like super just like, oh, I just want to take you out. The super kind of gentleman chivalrous in his pursuits initially with me. And it kind of just stopped all of a sudden. And that all of a sudden was due to the fact that his father passed away. And this man was in his 50s. So his father was already, nigga, he was next to death. Like, okay, we got it. So when he kind of just became distant, and then he kind of came back into my life for a brief moment and then became distant again, I just could not accept that excuse. I feel – and it's horrible to say excuse. I get that. But I just feel like when someone is of the age of death being next door or when someone is of the age of, like, yeah, death being of the next door, you know – There's no, your life shouldn't be shattered. That's what I'm saying. Like, you should not be able to move on. Like, you should not be to the point of just suicide or, sir, uh, it'll be okay. Like, I, that's, and that's how I felt about Boston Bay and his situation. So, I'm just like, great, we're not going to hang out tonight. Got it. Um he's like, Oh, I appreciate you. And you know, I wish you were here cuddling with me. It's like later on the day when we're still talk texting. And, um, last thing he said was, um, we'll make it happen tomorrow. I have to see you. And so mind you, this was sent to me late Friday night. I'm reading it. I just like, you know how you could comment on a text and like, love it, like it, whatever. I just loved it. Right. But then I read it again. I'm just like, oh, see how he yet again did not make a plan. He just said, I have to see you. We'll make it happen tomorrow. And it's like, make what happen? How are we making it happen? What what is it that we're happening tomorrow? Like what what is the the, what is your framework here? Because, sir, tomorrow is the last full day and it's a whole how many hours that we can spend together or that is open for us to allocate time together and there still isn't a set plan sir do you want to see me in the morning noon or evening sir do you want to go out to dinner breakfast brunch like what is the plan am i meeting you somewhere you picking me up like what is the plan and there is no plan with him and i just think as much as he did say planning is not, he's not good at planning. I also feel like that's another excuse that I'm just not going to accept. You cannot not be good at planning and say you want to see me. Like there's no explanation for that. None. So I'm just like, okay, let's, let's see how this goes. So Saturday comes, Saturday morning comes. I receive an email from American Airlines letting me know that, hey, there's a winter storm coming from Boston, from the Northeast area, and this may affect your travel plan. So we encourage you to pretty much change your flight without a cost. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. So I ended up having, because my flight back to Houston was, from six, was at 6 a.m. Sunday. So I ended up having to change it for Saturday, that day of I received that email. And the only available flight that was not 15 hours long or just ridiculous was a flight that was at like 3.43, so I had to be at airport by like 1.15, 1.30-ish. Yo, just like that. And mind you, I'm reading this email, I'm making this decision at 10 a.m., Um, I'm email, not email. I'm texting Boston Bay, letting him know as soon as I'm making it and just like keeping him in the loop. He didn't respond. And I want to say like when I was, yeah, he didn't respond until I was on my way to the airport. Then he finally responds and he's saying, Hey, exclamation point. OMG. Exclamation point! No, multiple O's. Um, and I was reading it like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I guess what I wanted in that moment was for him to jump, jump in the air, and I don't know, maybe offer to drive me to the airport, and that will be our time together, maybe, right? Or meet me at the airport and wait for me, wait for me there until like you know, go through security checkpoint and then we say our goodbyes. Like, I was wanting something more than just a, hey, OMG, no. What the fuck? Okay, your grandmother died. I get it. But you also... Prom, not promise, but you also was super urgent and super passionate about wanting to spend time with me. and prior to the death of your mother your gra- sorry excuse me of his grandmother, he had six days to allocate his time with me. six days. and now this super inconvenience, this super um, just inopportune time came and he couldn't, and I'm just sitting here feeling like, I know I sound insensitive, I know this is going to come off like a little bitchy, I did give him my condolences, I did give him my love, Um, but I, in that moment when he sent me that text, I was like, you don't have anything else to say, question mark, because I wanted him to say something like, I'm sorry for not making time. I'm sorry, you know, something. But that's pulling teeth with this nigga. And like Lauren Hill said, it could really be so simple. It could all be so simple. It doesn't have to be hard. It shouldn't have to be hard when you want to see someone and someone wants to see you and you're choosing every other factor to not see that person. It should not be hard. You know, reciprocity is really a love language that, a lot of people don't do, you know, dating, situationships, whatever it is, it shouldn't be one sided and it shouldn't make you feel like you're in it alone. And so I just felt like I was cheated in that moment. Like I was over here initially gun ho and good on you and I let you in once again, reading your texts and you saying all right, I'll do better and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? Okay, okay. Let let me allow him to do better. Let me give him yet another chance and maybe he gets it. And then when I am here, there is that time that he's not taking advantage of when it comes to me. And I voiced that. I was like, because um, I said, is that all you have to say? And he said, I'm upset I didn't get to see you. And I'm like, well sir i been trying to see you i've been making plans with you and you haven't then his response is well i made plans to see you on friday but that's when my grandmother died i guess you forgot like sir, don't don't do that Nigga, i didn't forget you made that very clear she died and you made it i get it r.i.p my heart goes out to you but I'm not talking about that day. I'm talking about the days prior. I'm talking about that Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm talking about all those days. All those days that you gave me every excuse to not see me. Every excuse. You, and here's the thing. He will always be a father. He will always have his son. He will always, which seems to me, be the primary um, custodial care of his son. And that's admirable, I respect it, that's lovely. And the point is, that's always going to be a responsibility. So you should be able to be authoritative of your life, of your day-to-day plans and carve out time for me. There's no such thing as no time, none, none. You make time for whom you want. You make time for what you want. And clearly I'm not a priority. Clearly, I'm not his priority. And that's what I voiced him. That's what I voiced to him. I was like, I'm clearly not a priority to you, and you don't make time for me. And that's what makes me sad. And so of course he's not hearing it. He's still in the heel, he's still in the in the just in the in the crux of feeling, you know, mournful of his grandmother's passing. And it's like, <sighs> now I, I feel like he's going to use that card, the, this death card to trump over any validity that I have when it comes to us and when it comes to my valid ass feelings. And so I voiced that and he's like, always something. Max, I'm dealing with the death of my grandmother right now enjoy have a safe flight and take care like okay so i'm just like so tight i'm just like you know how you feel tight in your chest like i'm just so annoyed i was already annoyed when i texted him initially once i realized i had to change my flight I was already annoyed when he didn't respond quick enough. I was already annoyed when he didn't um, just show angst in that moment. I was already annoyed that when he did respond, it was about two hours later, and I was already at the fucking airport. I'm already at the airport. Yet you was the one who was so urgent and so passionate about seeing me, and Max, you really going to be home and not see me, or all this. And... We didn't see each like what the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm just like, why am I? I'm literally cutting myself. I'm not cutting my like no. I'm okay, y'all. But it feels like I am cutting myself, and I'm hoping for like something else to come out except for blood. Oh, maybe maybe love and affection will come out. Oh no, let, let me cut this. Let me cut this other forearm and see. Oh, maybe time and uh, attention will come out. No, okay, let me cut this other vein that I fucking have, and he's still not showing up. Y'all, I'm tight, and I just think it's like. Now I'm just, like, annoyed, like, oh, great. Now we got this fucking death now that he has to deal with. I don't want to be this bad guy and not be, like, present or, you know, available for him in this time of mourning, right? And I'm just, and I feel like some of you guys made me thinking, no, fuck that, fuck that. He has his family, he has his friends, and he very well does. But yet I still feel this responsibility to still show care, but I don't know. Now I'm starting to feel like maybe I should just really just be that cold bitch. And I can be, but I've never had to be when it comes to moments of, you know, someone passing. Someone who he who he loved and, you know, was a matriarch in their family. And it's, <sighs> y'all. Anyway, so I texted him the day after. Like, we, like, we, yeah. Oh, wait, actually. So he said, take care, Max, whatever. So I immediately, not immediately, but maybe like 30 minutes later, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, let me just say I'm sorry. Maybe it was the wrong time to say what I said. What I said was valid. I didn't say all of that stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but how I feel it. I, you know how people say sorry and they add a but? I do not want to do that. All I said was sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I said. And then when I arrived to... Uh, Texas, I was just like, let me just text him and ask him how he's doing, and we chit-chatted from there. He asked when I was coming back, and in that moment, I was feeling like, oh, a little... Like, that's what's wrong. Like, I feel this sense of hope when it's like, no, this is bullshit. When are you coming back? You should have taken advantage of me when I was there. I was already back, sir. Sir, I was back for the... For the last six, seven, eight days. And you didn't take advantage of that. And you want to know when I'm, when am I coming back? Nigga, never. You want to see me come here. Make it a plan. Come here. But it's always some basketball. Fuck basketball. I'm just so sick of loving basketball. Fuck this. But, and that's where we are. Like I texted him recently. So like we ended that day off with me just like. He him asking me if I landed safely, asking when I'm coming back. I said him I don't know, cause I may spend Christmas and New Year's here in Houston, and I, I think I'm that's the plan for me. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I feel you. Um, that's fine. Like, no, I feel you. like it. It just wasn't really a, much of a conversation. <sighs> Following day, I texted him, "Good morning. How'd you sleep? You know, I'm just trying to be that." good person trying to show compassion in this moment of mourning. no response y'all yo. fuck you and I'm just look <laughs> I don't am I being insensitive I no I'm not. I'm not being insensitive. I'm not gonna kiss your ass. You do have your family, you do have your friends. Clearly, you you have those people who you care to make time for and they will be the one who you can lean on. Because when I have given you my shoulder, when I have given you my space and opportunity, you don't take care of it. So that's where we are. That's where we are. And um, I I think I wouldn't have to feel... Like I'm feeling, oh, am I being selfish? I don't think it's even selfishness that I'm feeling. I don't think it's what I should be described as. Because if my basic needs and my basic desires aren't met, then I'm not wrong. Like I wouldn't have to react this way if you would have just did your job. I wouldn't have to feel ignored and dismissed if you spent time with me, if you took time for me, if you cared to see me, not just care, but you was about that action. So I was on the plane on my way back, and I was like, you know what? I really, I just, and I know I say this all the time, but I'm going to do more than just say it, but I'm going to start writing things down that I want. And I've been doing that as far as career-wise, as far as friendship, as far as just what I want, what type of life I want to create for myself. And I'm going to do the same thing for romantic love specifically. I don't want to just say love because love comes in different ways. But I'm talking specifically for romantic love. I decided while I was on on the plane, I was like, I'm going to manifest the romantic love that I want and that I desire and that I deserve. So I just made a, like a whole bullet point list of different things that I would like in my partner, that I need in my partner, um, in order for it to be a fulfilling romantic love for me. Now I'm not gonna share every little thing, but amongst those things, literally everything that I <laughs> listed, he doesn't have. Like Boston Bay doesn't incorporate any of this thing, any of these things, and. I'm holding out for him to show these characteristics when it's like that's not who he is. Like, I might as well just get a whole new nigga. Now, I'm hoping with the step of me writing down and manifesting the romantic love that I want and deserve and desire, I'm hoping that's just the first step to actually getting it. Um, Now, I don't want to equate happiness or, you know, independence or completeness to finding the love that I want. No, I don't. Like, I could still... And I am happy in who I am and all of that. But I also understand that I want more out of this situation and I know I can't get it from him. And I know it's been hard for me to let him go. So I'm going to do the bare minimum by simply starting off by writing down the things that I want in my partner. And when I continue to meet more men... Just see if they could show any of the characteristics that I desire as we continue to get to know each other and go from there. Like, I just want a clarity in what I want because I know I've been saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want a relationship. I don't know what I want in love or maybe not. I don't know what I want in romantic love, but I just wouldn't be as clear and specific as I should be. And I really took time to be as clear and specific as I should be. Now, when I say clear, I'm not saying um, I want my nigga to be 6'2". Look, taller the better. That'd be great, actually. Um, I obviously want him to be someone whom I'm attracted to and someone who, you know, I could really, ooh, this nigga's fine. Like, I want all of that. But um, as far as, like, the other characteristics that I just need in my partner, I I need that. Like, that that goes hand-in-hand hand with physical attractiveness. Because Boston Bay is fine. Like, I'm super attracted to him. And if he wasn't fine, damn, bitch, why are you still with him? Like, you know, like, it's it'll be one of those things. But he's fine, and I am attracted to him, so it makes sense for me to just have this hard issue with detaching myself from him. Um, but he doesn't have any of the other things that I want in a man, in a partner, And so, it's like, when is a good time to let him know, okay, I'm done, done. (laughs) Now his grandmother fucking passed. Am I going to have that conversation with him now? Or, you know, however much time he may need to kind of boil this over. And when does death boil over? When do you get over someone's death? Uh, Anyway, I'm just going to distance myself. I did my whole, you know, check-in today. And... He has yet to respond, and I'm not gonna chase him. Look, at the at the end of the day, sir, and you're not gonna make me feel guilty. And he that's what he does. He 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 has this guilt trip about him. This nigga is literally textbook toxic. He's literally textbook toxic. And I don't wanna speak this into life, so I'm not going to, but I kinda want to because I wanna just say what I need to say right now. But I feel like he's a type of dude that I I wouldn't be surprised if he got physical with the woman. Let's just say that, okay? And, um, because I noticed when he does get mad, it's like, woo, Jekyll, hi, nigga. Um, so I could see if, especially if I was the type of woman who was in his face, and I'm not saying that's okay, I'm not saying that's okay, but I could see him losing it and losing it out on a woman. Um... So there's that. (laughs) And that's scary when I think about that. But we don't, like, obviously, we're not living together. We don't cohabitate at all. So I haven't come across that potential, right? But I see it manifest in different ways that could eventually manifest into physical. It could. Look, I'm not, but I, I be knowing what I'm saying. So, anyway, that's where we are. That is where we are. And, Going back to that tweet, like, it really could all be so simple and I think I'm making it hard and he's making it hard and it doesn't have to be that way, yet when it comes to matters of the heart, it's not as easy as one would think, right? So that's where I'm at and (laughs) we're going to move on from here. (laughs) So... Next topic. So, like I said, I went home for Thanksgiving and that was great. It was great. Um, But, you know, when you get home for Thanksgiving, you, you gather amongst friends and family, particularly family, and you come across conversations that are sensitive or controversial. So as you guys know i i was born and raised in the church christian faith um baptist denomination all of that jesus christ rose on the third day died blood led, shed blood lambda all of that regurgitated uh comments and remarks that we say and that we know and that we believe to be the truth and the truth and the word from many years of indoctrination um it is just embedded into our faith, okay. So I say all I say all that to say that we just I don't know how the conversation came about, but we started talking about uh, Joel Osteen, and I'm just like oh, and, and mind you, he's here in Houston. His church is like maybe 15 minutes away from where I am, and I'm just like rolling my eyes. I'm like oh that that prosperity preacher, okay, like just like not. You know, kind of really dismissing him, and my sister was explaining how much she loves him. My like, gosh, I love him, and she was just listening to his uh, podcast or his audio, whatever he got going on. And I just then I realized my brother—he actually is going through some of the same things that I'm going through and have been going through. I don't know how long he's been going through it, but we were saying the same sentiments as far as just questioning the Bible and like questioning the just the validity of it all and understanding that there were books removed from the Bible and understanding that there like it was written in a context that was relevant to that time when women didn't have rights when there was no understanding for LGBTQ and uh just sexuality liberation and all of that and so just Allowing ourselves to go through those questions and feelings and just mindset on the Bible and realizing that it's not this infallible text that we were raised to believe. No, the question, the Bible isn't always right. (laughs) And saying all of that, and I was just, I was just like, just spewing all of that, like just like vomit right on the fucking t- uh, kitchen table talk nigga what my father was there my mother was there and then just like Ooh. <laughs> but it just it just came out so naturally and i realized in that moment i can't be anything else but me like i can't be anything else or anyone else but myself and Going through just this spiritual transformation, and have has you guys have been listening along and just just following along with me. You guys know the evolution I've had spiritually and religiously, and so feeling just natural to kind of just say how I've been feeling and thinking about faith, about Jesus, about the Bible, about the Christian faith, about all of that, it just really kind of surprised me in that moment that I was just saying this so comfortably, knowing how I was raised, knowing my parents were in the room, knowing I was the praise and worship leader for a couple years and knowing I was a part of, like, knowing all of these things, and yet I'm just saying this in the room full of motherfucking Christians. (laughs) And I'm like, and... (laughs) Like there was no feeling of discomfort from me. Like I did not feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel ashamed. I just felt like, yeah, this this is what it is. This is how I feel. I'm not gonna change it for y'all. Like, and I wasn't saying it in a way to be arrogant or to make you feel bad about your faith. And I've reiterated this so many times, and I will say it again. Me going through and feeling how I'm feeling about Christianity is not um my push for you all to suddenly feel how i feel like i think this is such a personal matter that you have to go through it on your own and we could have a conversation but i'm not trying to persuade you in any way i'm just i'm just stating my research my findings and what i am realizing to be true and we could have a conversation from there but when the conversation goes to cuz my sister was kind of because she's super in in the space where the Bible is right and everything is correct and we shouldn't question God. We should just have blind faith. And I think it's so romantic to say blind faith. And I do believe in faith, but I also want us to engage in conversations and to use our mind. And I also want us to be smart some like and i and i know that sounds kind of offensive but what i'm saying is i read a lot of books i watch a lot of documentaries i engage in many conversations with different people different types of people like i am open-minded i listen to other people and i'm not just so stuck and sit in my own upbringing that i i'm just free from being wrong or being in doubt And that's what I find to be the problem with um, just some people when it comes to Christianity. It's just like there's, there's a lack of intellectual forwardness that they desire, and it's just like all they feed themselves is the Bible. All they feed themselves is spiritual or religious or Christian podcasts, and it just makes me... It just, make, it just makes me look at the conversation just with... I just have no desire to go head and head with you because it's like you're not even trying to be open-minded. Like, you're not even listening to the facts that is being spewed, you know? It's just, okay, you're just not going to get it? Okay, cool, got it. Like, <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, this is so... and. And she was just saying some of the things that we have been just indoctrinated to believe as far as just like, it's like the script. You don't believe that Jesus died and rose on the third day and he's a son of God and his blood um, represents his sacrifice. And all of these things that we were just scripted to say as has infant Christians, as elder Christians, as Christians Christians. And no one is sitting back and stepping out of that script, stepping out of that play and asking questions like, oh, wait, I wonder this. Or, oh, wait, what does God say about this? Or, oh, wait, how come these books were taken out? Or, oh, wait, who are the authors of the Bible? And I know oftentimes we say, and by we I mean, Those in the Christian community, we say things like it was written by those who were anointed by Christ, right? Mark, several people like, but these people were men, right? And no one takes that into context. No one takes the time into context and into the realization of how the Bible was written and what it was written and how many groups of people felt oppressed because of it. Like, oh, I think we just trying to cherry pick the things that we should believe. And like, and when we were pointing out, mind you, my brother was feeling some of the same things that I was feeling. like I said, and I I felt comforted in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And even though, even if I was alone, I was still comfortable and feeling how I was feeling and sharing that. But I, it just felt good to know that I'm not alone when it comes to these thoughts. So that was comforting. And it, just, it was just such a testament to how a Thanksgiving meal is sometimes. You find yourself in these conversations, and it's like, oh, are you a Republican? Are you an atheist? Are you this? Are you that? Are you a lesbian? Like, all these things. It's like, oh, my gosh. I'm just talking about being open-minded. <laughs> No, but I think it's funny. I just think it's funny when people say when people have these conversations at, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we can't avoid talks about this and we have to be honest and we have to be open-minded. Um I, I remember like a few like yeah, a few years ago when a couple of women from my church got pregnant, and they were single, unwed women, and initially, and for a couple years after, they were shamed. They were shamed for that, and they were kind of demonized within their bodies, even though they were carrying this precious bundle of joy from God, and so I'm just trying to sit with just the, the notion of people leaving the church or women leaving the church. And we don't address that enough. Like, we don't have those conversations enough. We just kind of keep going with the same old, same old. We keep going with the tradition of this is how things are and this is how things will be and this is it and this is it. And it's like no one questions tradition. And I think a part of that tradition is the Bible, and we need to start questioning things. And we need to start having conversations about things. And we need to start talking about things. And that's just it. You know what? Let me continue manifesting the romantic love that I want. <laughs> and I'm going to go from there. This was great. Thank you for tuning in, you guys. And check in with y'all next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host Maxine. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and also leave a comment. God bless.